Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. One of the things I alternatively love and loathe about the aquarium hobby is that no matter what you do, no matter how carefully you plan, no matter how carefully you execute, stuff can go sideways sometimes for no apparent reason. Why? Well, the same variable which we've come to extol, to emulate, and adore. (laughs) Nature, of course. Yeah, her. Again, (laughs) she'll entice, she'll challenge, reward, and punish you, sometimes in the same day. Nature can be wildly unpredictable, yet often thoroughly logical at the same time. You can do everything right, and nature will think of some way to throw a proverbial wrench into your plans. She operates at her own pace, with her own rules, indifferent to you or your ideas, your practices, and your motivations. Yes, things can go sideways sometimes. Yet with all of her wild and unpredictable actions, it's never a bad idea to show some deference to her, is it? With our heavy emphasis on utilizing natural botanical materials in our aquariums, I can't help but think about the long term of their function and their health. Specifically, the changes that these tanks go through as they evolve into little microcosms. As we've discussed before many, many times, a botanical method aquarium has a sort of cadence of its own, which we can facilitate when we set it up but we must let nature dictate the timing and the sequencing. We can enjoy the process, even control some aspects of it, yet underneath it all, she's in charge from the beginning. She creates the path. I mean, it starts with an empty tank, then that lush fragrance exuded by botanicals during their preparation, the rush of excitement over the initial you know, placement of the botanicals and the hardscape materials within your tank. And then the gradual tinting of the aquarium water, the softening of the botanicals, your aquarium sort of reveals itself to you. You've got the development of biofilms, fungal growths, and algal patinas, perhaps even a bit of cloudiness from time to time because of microbial growth and dissolved materials. Ultimately, there's the decomposition. All part of a process which can't be hacked or rushed. We can change some of the physical aspects of our tanks, you know, equipment, hardscape, whatever, but Mother Nature is in control. She calls the shots here. And I think that's perhaps the most important lesson that we can learn from our botanical method aquariums. As aquarists, we can do a lot. We can change the equipment, correct initial mistakes or shortcomings the system might have had from the beginning. We set the stage, so to speak. However, in the end, it's nature which does most of the real heavy lifting here. Nature rewards us for our good decisions, scolds us for our bad ones, and provides cues on what future decisions we need to make. And nature does it all indifferently, without judgment. It reacts positively or negatively to our attempts to control it. Nothing more. Even when things do go sideways by our standards, when our best laid plans for our aquarium seem to veer off the course we set, we need to understand that it's not off course, really. And it's not us who are totally in charge here. It's her. It's nature. Which is why the reality of a botanical method aquarium is that it's perhaps one of the best ways to bring nature into our home. To blur the line between nature and aquarium, as we like to say. Sure, planting aquariums give us a similar challenge, but the botanical method aquarium challenges us in different ways. It asks us to accept nature in all of its beauty. And yeah, it makes us accept that there is beauty in things like decomposition, biofilm, and fungal growth. Things which we as aquarists might have been indoctrinated to loathe over the years. You only need to study the wild aquatic habitats of the world to realize that it's not all crystal clear and sterile out there and that our aquariums in all of their tinted murky glory will reflect this.
Nature calls the shots here. And that's totally okay. Yes, I know an aquarium is not nature, yet it does function in accordance with nature's laws, regardless of what we want, right? And it is an ecosystem to the organisms which inhabit it. One of the things we've seen, I don't know, to be more accepted in the aquarium hobby over the past few years is a trend towards more, I don't know, the word people you love to use is realistic, realistic aquariums. It's a good trend. However, this term tends to focus on the aesthetic and not the function. It's important to try to foster these more realistic systems in both form and function. Yeah, not just systems which look like natural environments in the diorama style or whatever, rather systems which are modeled as much after the function of them as they are the aesthetic. Functional aesthetics, you've heard me say that so many times over this podcast, you probably want to vomit already, but it's important. And that means accepting some things. What we see as going sideways, perhaps, is just an opportunity to learn, to accept different things, and to go along on a journey that may take us somewhere totally exciting. I think this is where our work here at Tannen has fallen over the years. If you had to nail us down to one specific stylistic or philosophical approach to aquariums, this space between, so to speak, sort of straddling multiple approaches with nature as the ultimate critic and guide. A less rigidly aesthetic, controlled, less high concept approach to setting the stage for nature to do what she's done for eons without doing as much to help it along. Rather, the mindset here is to allow nature to take its course and to embrace the breakdown of the materials, the biofilms, the decay, and rejoice in the ever-changing aesthetic and the functional aspects of natural aquatic systems, warts and all, and how they can positively affect our fishes. Yep, things can still go sideways sometimes, even when we let nature run the show. And that's part of the charm and awe, really. And that's absolutely what occurs in nature. Random distribution of botanicals and branches, stuff like that. Now, to a certain extent, currents and spatial factors, you know, like how wide and how deep a given stream is, affects the distribution. But for the most part, everything's random. And again, that's another fascination with nature I have. I think, I think that we as aquascapers have developed some amazing rules to proportion out scapes in an artistic manner, but it's my opinion that it's also okay to be a little less technical and more impulsive. I have to admit that I often squirm when I see aquascaping videos where, you know, the scaper goes on and on about, you need to have a large element here to offset this piece of wood there. And I'm like, why? It just seems so restrictive. And of course, the answer is likely because it looks better. And of course, I cringe again because I'm not sure what better means. Although the serious aquascapers are often correct artistically, that being said, I still think that a certain degree of randomness, even what some would label as haphazardness, is good. And more important, awareness of how things really work in nature is even more valuable. Couple good tastes with these two key factors, and you're in pretty good shape. Anyways, back to nature. I believe that an aquarium that attempts to replicate a sort of chaotic scene like the ones we discuss so much here starts with what looks like a really artificial placement of wood anchored by numerous details which soften, define, and fill in the scape. If you want to get to scaping, there we go. A sort of analog to the theater or motion picture concept of mise-en-scene where the pieces literally set the stage and help tell a story by providing context. Yet unlike an scape, which depends upon the growth of plants or you know, carefully you know, set up hardscape to fill in and evolve it, the botanical method aquarium is a highly adaptable changing system. It requires the adept placement of materials to help fill the scene to start with, if that's your thing. And of course, part of the execution is the softening, the redistribution, and the breakdown of botanical materials over time, exactly what happens in natural aquatic ecosystems. 
Nature's been working with terrestrial materials in aquatic habitats for eons. And nature works with just about everything that you throw at her. She'll take that seemingly unsexy piece of wood or rock or bunch of dried leaves or whatever. And given the passage of time, the action of gravity and water movement and the work of bacteria, fungi, and algae, she'll mold, shape, and evolve them into unique and compelling pieces, if you will, as amazing as anything we could ever hope to do artificially. If we give her the chance, if we allow ourselves to look at her work in context, if we don't worry when things go sideways by our human standards, and if we don't give up, always have faith in nature. She'll challenge you, she'll tempt you, she'll school you, but she'll also educate you, indoctrinate you into her ways and take you under her wing, if you let her. Let nature handle some of the details. She pretty much never messes them up. Don't fight her, understand her. Don't be afraid to cede some of the work to her. Botanical method aquariums are not just a look, not just an aesthetic, not just a trend, not even just a mindset. Rather, they're a way to incorporate natural materials to achieve new and progressive results with the fishes and the plants that we've come to love so much. So set the stage and enjoy the random, compelling, and ever-evolving work of art that is the Botanical Method Aquarium. Started by you, evolved with the steady hand of nature. Stay engaged, stay thoughtful, stay curious, stay creative, stay adventurous, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.